Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. We begin with breaking news. Rodney King, the man who's beating by police, then led to 1992 riots in Los Angeles, has died. Police say that the cause of death is believed to be drowning. In March 1991, Rodney King was savagely beaten by four white police officers. You know, scared, real scared. I was just, I'm glad I'm not dead. LAPD was looking for somebody to beat that night. And they came across Rodney. The incident was caught on camera and broadcast around the world. When the police officers began beating the man with nightsticks. The four police officers were then found not guilty, triggering the infamous L.A. riots. It was King who famously asked for peace. Can we, can we all get along? But on Sunday, June 17th, 2012, King, now age 47, was found by his fiancée face down in his backyard swimming pool. Can I want to take your emergency? Doesn't add up for me because he was such an avid outdoorsman and he loved swimming. Rodney King was a fit man and a good swimmer, and there's no evidence of any obvious trauma. So how did he drown in his own pool? Dr. Michael Hunter is a world-renowned forensic pathologist. He's performed over 4,000 autopsies to investigate and reveal the cause of death. Today, he's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities. I have the autopsy report and the county sheriff's investigation for the death of Rodney Glenn King. He was found in his own swimming pool, and the cause of death here is drowning. But King was a good swimmer, so it doesn't add up. I intend to build a picture of Rodney King's final hours and determine the real reason why he died. Saturday, June 16th, 2012, 2 p.m. Rodney! 16 hours to the time of Rodney King's death. Hey, how you doing? Rodney's fiance, Cynthia Kelly, arrives at his house in Rialto, a suburb of L.A., they spend the afternoon hanging out by his pool. Larry Spagnola, biographer. I think Cynthia and Rodney have had their good days and their bad days like any couple. But I saw her as being in his corner and someone who was willing to be there for her man. Oh, See, I knew she always did have a liking for me. She always, oh she always had the hots for me. Rodney had been married twice before. He first met Cynthia in the early 90s. But meeting again in 2010, he asked her to marry him. We are engaged to, to do to the damn thing. Married. <laughs> yeah. <And so. laughs> King was born on April 2nd, 1965, in Sacramento, California. Juan King, Rodney King's brother. We weren't rich. You know, we were like really poor compared to our neighborhood. But we had a lot of love and we had a lot of peace in our family. Johnny Kelly, childhood friend. We went to high school together and that's when we really became friends. 
also he was a handsome guy, so you know he was a ladies' man, and so that kind of drew us together too. Rodney King's autopsy report says he was 47 years old, six foot two inches tall, 235 pounds, and he's well built with good muscle tone. But the first thing that jumps out to me are the numerous scars present all across his body. I believe most of these date to the moment that Rodney shot to fame. Now the question I have is, do any of these injuries in any way contribute to his death? March 3rd, 1991. Rodney had been out drinking with friends. They get followed by the highway patrol, and fearing arrest, he sped off. The chase continued until finally King is cornered. He finally pulled off the road and was pulled over by the cops. He said, I never dreamt that it would escalate the way it did. The highway patrol were then joined by officers from the LAPD. The police demanded the men get out of the car. LAPD was looking for somebody to beat that night, and they came across Rodney. Rodney was slow to respond and giggly. As he got out, he stumbled around. The police shouted for him to lie down. Get down! Find your head! Falling to the ground, four of the police officers laid into Rodney, striking him with batons and kicking him on the floor. I can see that he has multiple scars on the back of his arms, and this is very consistent with the defensive posture having been beaten with those baton blows. Stay down! They thought they was playing baseball. The officers, when they was hitting him with the uh, batons, he told me they were saying, swing, better, better swing, and saying the N-word to him. They stomped Rodney's ankle, and at that point, Rodney's ankle was crushed. Rodney tried to get up, but he was hit by a taser and brought down. Tasers disrupt the motor nervous system. This causes diffuse muscular spasm, and this results in immediate temporary paralysis. But in his drunken state, King kept getting up. He gets tasered a second time. The incident now drew local residents out of their homes. From his balcony, George Holliday took out his new video camera and started recording. Rodney was heavily bleeding, but the savage beating continued. It was reported that King suffered a broken ankle, shattered eye socket, skull fracture, and multiple bruisings. These injuries would have caused serious ongoing pain for many years to come. George filmed King being beaten continuously for almost two minutes. The video shows he was struck over 50 times and repeatedly stamped on. George Holliday's video was shown on TV networks around the world. In Southern California, another explosive case involving white police officers and a black motorist. And an amateur cameraman recorded it all. No apparent reason for the police to attack the suspect with boots and nightsticks. 
people saw what looked like police brutality and inherent racism in the LAPD. I watched it on TV, and I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. When I seen him on TV getting beat by the LAPD, I didn't think it was him. King had to endure over five hours in surgery, but he pulled through. You know, scared, real scared. I was just, I'm glad I'm not dead. I mean, he had a lot of physical pain. He had a lot of scars. Rodney's face was crushed. He had plates in his head, and his face would go numb. He had no taste in his mouth from food. You know, a lot of people don't survive that type of beating. But by the grace of Jehovah God, he survived it. And I was so happy to see my brother. I actually cried. I gave him a hug and a kiss, and we usually don't hug and kiss. King's body is a patchwork of scars and old injuries, many of which date from the 1991 beating. Even after 20 years, it's reported that he suffered from chronic pain, but we're not seeing any painkillers in his bloodstream. In fact, there's no evidence that any of these injuries he sustained in this beating played a role in his eventual death. A year after the incident, a state trial is held for the four L.A. police officers involved in the beating. And I was doing everything I could to keep him down on the ground. It ended in a shock decision. Find the defendant not guilty of the crime of assault by force likely to produce great bodily injury and with a deadly weapon. Rodney was heartbroken when the four cops got acquitted. He felt like, okay, he was beaten all over again. Rodney King would get letters every day that said, I can't believe they're getting off so lightly, or I can't believe anyone should have to spend a minute in jail for having dealt with a scumbag like you. So it was the entire spectrum. Good evening. Los Angeles is a city on edge tonight and under curfew as fires, looting, and street violence continue. The not guilty verdict sparked outrage. It triggered five days of the notorious L.A. riots. 53 people were killed and over 2,000 injured. King himself pleaded for peace. People, um, I just, I just want to say, you know, can we, can we all get along? Can we, can we get along? He went out there and he saw what was going on. And he spoke from his heart. And that's where the uh, can we all get along came from. He was speaking from the heart. 20 years later, on the anniversary of the L.A. riots, Rodney published his autobiography, The Riot Within. He wanted so much to get his story out and so much to finally have something to show for what he had gone through. And The Riot Within was the answer to that. He was trying to turn his life around, and he was doing great. He was doing really good. He was really happy about the book deal that he did and uh, about writing his book and doing something positive on his own. King was jetting off around the country, actively promoting his book. He had his own uh, line of people coming up to have it signed. He was in all his glory, and it was a great time in his life. Saturday, June 16th, 2012, 4 p.m. Damon, how you doing? King phones his friend, boxing promoter Damon Feldman. The last words me and Rodney had that day is just uh, how excited he was for his life. Everything was going in the best direction. Rodney is involved in the celebrity boxing circuit, and Damon is fixing up his next bout. Three rounds, three minutes, huh? 
The initial findings in the autopsy report suggest that uh, Rodney King was in good health. He was fit. I would say that he's probably been working out. Just after sunset, Rodney drives to pick up his friend, Derek. Derek meets Cynthia for the first time. The three of them hang out by the pool. Around midnight, Sunday, June 17th. Derek says he should be going home. Cynthia offers to drive. Back at the King residence, Cynthia goes off to bed. Rodney stays out by the pool. Searching through King's autopsy, Dr. Hunter has discovered something unexpected in the post-mortem x-ray. I can tell from the x-ray report that Rodney's body is riddled with a number of small lead pellets. 5 a.m., Sunday, June 17th. Cynthia is woken by loud screams. If you're like me, you've probably noticed that it is getting close to time to do some touch-ups to your hair color. Um, and maybe right now you aren't able to get to the salon, you're really worried about trying just a box from the store. Well, right now you can take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You really deserve gorgeous professional hair color and it can get delivered right to your door starting at only $22. For decades, women have had two options for coloring their hair. As I said, you can either go to the salon, spend hours and a lot of money, or you can try a box from the store, which is always a little difficult to actually get right. Many Madison Reed clients comment on how their new hair color has improved their lives. Women love the results. Gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy looking hair. This is game-changing color you can do at home and look as if you just came from the salon. What makes Madison Reed color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones to create over 55 gorgeous multi-dimensional shades. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. Autopsy listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code LASTHOURS. That's code L-A-S-T-H-O-U-R-S. Rodney King came under the media spotlight when he was beaten by police in 1991. The FBI today is investigating an explosive case in Southern California involving white policemen and a black motorist. The footage was shown around the world, but the trial of the police officers in 1992 ended in acquittal. This triggered the notorious L.A. riots. Rodney to us was the black Jesus, and he spoke in behalf of the excessive force. He spoke in behalf of what wasn't right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. But on the morning of Sunday, June 17, 2012, King is found dead, face down in his backyard pool. Rodney was a very strong swimmer, and I don't believe that he got in a pool to swim and drown, even if he was drunk. I don't believe that. Medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter is studying King's autopsy report. He's noticed something out of the ordinary. An x-ray taken at the time of Rodney King's death showed that he had numerous shotgun pellets distributed all across his body. They were found in his face and arms and spread across his chest, abdomen, and pelvis. The x-ray reports that the lead pellets are lodged in the subcutaneous fatty tissues and the muscular tissues. 
These are not recent injuries. King wasn't shot in the 91 beating, so he was shot sometime since. My question is, did any of these injuries contribute to his death? November 30th, 2007. According to Rodney, he was riding his bicycle at night through the Rialto neighborhood east of L.A. Just when you think nothing else could happen to this guy, his brother said, I wouldn't go into that neighborhood if I were you. King says he was approached by a man and a woman. You want my bike? Who demanded he hand over his bike. The man pulled a shotgun. He comes back home and, you know, in, in Rodney's way, he says, thank God it was just rock salt, man. And I just laughed when he would tell me these things. Like he had a way of justifying how a shotgun blast wasn't such a bad thing. Like the many other old scars on Rodney's body, I believe the shotgun injury in 2007 likely played no role whatsoever in his eventual death. But I'm still drawn back to the events of 1991. According to his friends and family, they suggest that he had ongoing psychological issues. After the beating, there was times where he would get up screaming at night, howling at night. He would have nightmares. Unlike physical scars, mental scars don't necessarily heal in a nice, neat sequence. People experience what is known as PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And this is punctuated by, by flashbacks, by nightmares, even by a feeling that you're going through that awful trauma again. In 1993... Two years after the beating, Rodney finally won a lawsuit against the LAPD. He's awarded nearly $4 million in damages. But his problems continued. And then all the attorneys came and all the media and everything. It wasn't about Rodney no more. It was about money. It was about how much money could we get off this case. And uh, he kind of saw that, you know, and he, he kind of knew it wasn't really about him anymore. A lot of people think Rodney got that settlement and was happy millionaire for the rest of his life. Nothing was further from the truth. King's troubles were far from over. He squandered his nearly $4 million settlement with the city. King sank much of his money into ill-advised investments and his own record label, which then went out of business. He lost direction after the beating. He didn't know... Who was who? He, he couldn't tell the wolf from the sheep. He had dark moments. He was someone who wrestled with demons all the time. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. When we're struggling to cope with intense feelings or emotions, we're going to try and seek outlets that give us a sense of, of control, that give us a sense of volition over our lives. The worry is that the outlets themselves can be more destructive than what you were feeling initially. Sunday, June 17th, 2012, 3 a.m., just hours before his death. Rodney is sitting alone by his backyard pool. Dr. Hunter is finding new clues in his examination into Rodney's death. 
The police report notes that King's residence was littered with bottles. There's beer, gin, and bottles of champagne. The group appears to have had quite the party that night. Alcohol played a major role throughout Rodney King's life. Rodney King had a very rough upbringing. He had an abusive alcoholic father who used to hit the kids. And I think that Rodney being beat like that as a young kid, that traumatizes you in so many different ways. My mom would say, well, I don't want you guys doing what your dad's doing. Rodney had a drinking problem, and uh, I guess we can look at it as a disease, and it could, it could have been inherited from his father. It's not a surprise that when Rodney's going through this difficult period that he turns to drink as a means of trying to perhaps, you know, escape the pain of the nightmares and the flashbacks. If King was drinking the night he died, it could have had a number of immediate effects on his body. Alcohol dilates blood vessels in the eyes, resulting in blurred vision. It draws water out of the brain. This causes dizziness. Alcohol also acts as a depressant on the brain cells, slowing the speed of neurotransmitters. This makes you drowsy, but can also interfere with memories and trigger mood changes. Dr. Hunter has discovered that King's abuse of alcohol resulted in many run-ins with the law. I see from King's police record that in the years leading up to his death, there were a number of times he was pulled over for driving under the influence. License of registration, please. Can you give me drinking tonight? No, sir. He thought that the drinking would take him away from everything that was going on, but it didn't do that for him. It made things worse. April 2003. Rodney had been drinking heavily and was at the wheel of his car. Driving home, he crashed into a wall. King suffered facial injuries, a concussion, a dislocated shoulder, and he fractured his pelvis. And I think it's the accident that really set him into a spiral of pain and alcohol abuse. King was sent to a mental health center to attend classes for driving under the influence. He went through rehab several times to try to stop the drinking but there was always something that would cause the drinking again. In 2008, King went on the TV show Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. If I can wake up to a beer, I'm in a good life. Rodney King enjoyed his time on Celebrity Rehab. He told me at one point that Dr. Drew pulled him aside to say, you're really helping uh, you're, you're the glue. You're keeping the cast together. You're keeping them focused on rehabilitating. And that meant the world to him. And I think it worked for him for a while. But these issues kept coming up. The uh, nightmares from the beating, the uh, issues with people wanting money. Something always would trigger him to drink. Although the coroner found lots of empty bottles at the scene of death, King's toxicology report notes a blood alcohol content of just 0.08. While that puts him over the legal limit, it suggests that he hasn't had a huge amount of alcohol to drink. This likely equates with maybe four to five drinks in a man of his size. 
but could it have led to drowning? If he drunk some gin or juice or whatever and got in the pool, he wouldn't drown. That was normal. I would say for King to be unable to rescue himself from the pool, that that alcohol level needs to be substantially higher, maybe three to four times as much alcohol in his system to the point of passing out. I think we can rule out alcohol as a direct factor in his death. But Dr. Hunter has now found other clues taken from the police's forensic investigation of King's house. The police report notes droplets of blood on the patio and blood smeared on the window. There's also broken furniture. Had there been a fight the night that King died? Let's face it. In today's uncertain times, simple conversations about your health can have powerful results. There's something you are likely eating every day. It can negatively affect your waistline, complexion, and overall health. On the Dr. Gundry podcast, Stephen Gundry, a renowned cardiothoracic surgeon and New York Times best-selling author, cuts through the BS to help you make better health choices. You have the ability to heal yourself if you give yourself the right ingredients to do it with. Dr. Gundry has spent the last 20 years empowering people around the world to help reverse and prevent some of our most serious ailments through the power of diet and lifestyle changes. You will change 90% of you. You will be a brand new you. Tune in to the Dr. Gundry podcast to start your health journey. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Because I'm Dr. Gundry, and I'm always looking out for you. Uh, we start with the death of Rodney King. A police say he was found at the bottom of his California pool early this morning. It appears that uh, this is a drowning, and there were no obvious signs of uh, foul play, and there were no obvious signs of uh, uh, trauma. Medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter has Rodney King's autopsy report, plus the county sheriff's investigation into his death. The police found droplets of blood on the poolside and blood smeared on the patio doors. There's also broken furniture. I know from Rodney King's police record that he has a history of assaults of his past wives and girlfriends. Is it possible that Rodney had a fight with his fiancée, Cynthia, the night that he died? July 1995. Rodney was in his car with his second wife, Crystal. They were having a big fight. I'm sick and tired of you. Really? Rodney told Crystal to get out of the car. Get, get out of my car. Get out. See you. As she went to get her bag, he drove off, <laughs> knocking her to the ground. In the case of the time he ran over his wife, he said, Larry, I, I looked in the rearview mirror. I didn't see she was there. She wasn't getting back in the car. I thought it was safe to pull back onto the highway. King was later arrested and charged with reckless driving, spousal abuse, and assault with a deadly weapon, namely his car. And it wasn't an isolated incident. There were times when Rodney and I would talk about domestic violence, about the fact that he had hit women, he had hit his wives, and it was a difficult thing for him to discuss, very difficult for him to face. He did have a temper, and I, and I don't think too many people wanted to see Rodney 
when he was angry. It all stemmed out of the drinking. October 2003. You're provoking me. In a fit of drunken rage, King was alleged to have punched his then-girlfriend Joanne and attempted to strangle her. He was arrested again for spousal battery. This is a clear indication of someone that isn't in control of his emotions, isn't in control of his anger. And it's, it's not surprising that this is happening, given that at around the same time, we know that he was self-medicating, at least with alcohol. So it became a very dangerous and potent mix. Despite his past police record, on the night of his death, there are no reports from any of his neighbors about a domestic disturbance. Also, his fiancée, Cynthia, showed no evidence of any physical attack. I think we can put domestic violence out of the picture. But that still leaves the question, why is there blood on the patio and who broke the furniture? I can see from the autopsy report that there are a lot of fresh abrasions on King's body and there's a fresh laceration to his left thumb. I think these were self-inflicted in an accident. Sunday, June 17, 2012, just hours before his death. Rodney is alone, drinking out by his pool. His fall breaks a table and cuts his left thumb. As the blood oozes out, King tries to get help. Come and help me. He bangs on the patio door to wake up his fiancée, Cynthia. While the laceration to the thumb is not that deep, certainly it's not life-threatening, it does bring up the question, why was he falling down and getting these types of injuries? We already know that his blood alcohol content was not that high. I think there's something else going on here. The banging and screaming wakes Cynthia, who gets out of bed to see what's wrong. Out by the pool, Rodney trips once again, this time over a potted plant. According to the sheriff's report, Cynthia finds King sprawled half-naked on the decking. His hand is cut. He's babbling and not making any sense. She goes to find her phone to call for help. With all this stumbling and falling over, my concern is that King may have had an underlying neurological condition, something that caused him to lose balance and coordination. Is it possible Rodney had a brain injury, either from the police beating or more recent activities? There's a condition called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE. It's oftentimes seen in those involved in contact sports, and we know that Rodney had taken up boxing. Since 2009, King had been involved in the celebrity boxing circuit. Well, when I first met Rodney, I thought it would be incredible if they reached out to me to do a celebrity boxing match. You know, we got to talk, and he loved boxing. Come on, King. Come on, King. King moved to Philadelphia to stay with Damon. All right, up high. Come on. He trained five times a week. Come on, King. Up 
We put the word out about opponent wanting to take on Rodney King in a three-round celebrity boxing match. We got like 2,000 emails, all kinds of people. Rodney's first bout was against a white police officer. Come on. We took on this cop. We got uh, fired from the police, and uh, that's the first match for Rodney King's uh, celebrity boxing career. Rodney King throwing punches. King was a pretty good shape for a 43-year-old man. Rodney outboxed the ex-cop, and he beat him on a three-round decision. But had King's boxing caused an injury to his brain? Chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE, occurs as a result of repetitive brain trauma, such as concussion. This causes progressive damage to nerve cells. Symptoms include increased aggression and erratic behavior. But the autopsy shows that King's brain is normal, with no sign of injury. There is clearly no underlying brain trauma that contributed to his death. Sunday, June 17th, 5.26 a.m. <laughs> Cynthia finds Rodney cut and bleeding, sprawled half-naked on the backyard decking. She runs to get her phone to call for help. And hears a loud splash. Coming out to the backyard, Cynthia sees Rodney face down in the pool. No! Oh my God! Rodney King is found by his fiancée, Cynthia Kelly face down and unresponsive in his backyard pool. Medical examiner Dr. Michael Hunter is trying to get to the bottom of his death. I've studied King's autopsy report and I've examined the injuries that he sustained in his 1991 beating, along with the injuries from a close-range shotgun blast. I've also investigated his dependence on alcohol and his foray into the world of celebrity boxing. But I believe there's still more to investigate. Oh my God. Sunday, June 17th, 2012, 5.26 a.m. Finding Rodney in the pool, Cynthia dials 911. This is the actual recording of the call. 
Blood flow can become restricted, causing dizziness, chest pain, and temporary loss of consciousness. King had no history of heart disease, and so this was an undiagnosed condition. It's possible that King's enlarged heart condition resulted in a cardiac arrhythmia and even caused him to black out. If he then fell into the pool, he would be incapacitated, leading to drowning. Sunday, June 17th. Cynthia is hysterical. Oh, my God! <laughs> Are you able to go in the pool and get him? No, I can't. I can't. She tells the 911 operator she can't swim and does not enter the pool. Instead, she tries to revive the motionless king, but without success. Five twenty-nine a.m. Within three minutes of placing the nine-one-one call, the emergency services arrive. They extract King. He's not breathing, and has no pulse. At six eleven a.m., he's pronounced dead at the hospital. It was sad news this weekend when we learned of the death of Rodney King. Rodney's death was a huge shock to me, especially that uh, it was said that he drowned in his pool. I didn't, I, I didn't believe that. It caught us all by surprise, you know. Mentally, I just broke down. You know, I just kind of sat down right where I was at. I called Cynthia, and all she said is, Rodney's dead, Rodney's dead. You know, and I... It just didn't hit me right away. My parents got on the phone and said they couldn't believe what happened to Rodney King, drowning. And it was like a bad joke. I was, what? As the dust settled, Rodney's family accused Cynthia, asking why she didn't try to get him out of the pool. I wouldn't have let him fall to the bottom of that pool. You know, even if I couldn't swim, I'm going in that pool after my brother. But away from the accusations... Dr. Hunter continues his examination. I found evidence that King's undiagnosed heart problem may not be the cause of death. According to the police investigation, on the night that Rodney died, he scored $20 worth of marijuana. His tox report shows there are cannabinoids in his bloodstream. Therefore, he had smoked marijuana that night. Rodney was known to use marijuana for medicinal purposes to help him cope with his ongoing pain. There were times when uh, Rodney was in so much pain that he couldn't complete a sentence, couldn't finish a thought. He would wake up and uh, it was sort of like his medicine to smoke marijuana. The police report found freshly smoked marijuana joints by King's poolside. If he smoked a joint and got in the pool, so what? That wouldn't drown him. Rodney's friend, Derek, later told police that earlier in the evening, King was behaving erratically. What are you telling you me? You feel better about that? <laughs> One minute happy, the next aggressive and angry. I'll grab you by the scruff of the neck. It's all right. <laughs> Smoking marijuana releases a substance called THC. King's tox report notes the presence of Delta-9 THC in his blood. 
This is the psychoactive component of marijuana. THC is carried in the blood to the brain where it activates specific neuroreceptors. It's this that creates the high user's experience. It can also cause hallucinations and paranoia. In addition, heart rate can be elevated, increasing the risk of heart attack. The level of THC measured suggests King smoked one or two joints that night. That would have caused some degree of mood disturbance, put a little bit of strain on his heart, but had he fallen into the pool, I don't think that would have limited his ability to self-rescue. But had King taken any other illegal narcotics? I only saw Rodney do marijuana and drink. So if there was other drugs involved, that he definitely hid, and good job hiding it, because I never saw that. Just a week before his death, King is out cycling. Hey, man. He phones his friend Johnny. No idea where I am. But comes across confused and disoriented. Don't know where I am. Come get me. He said, John, he said, I was riding my bike and I got lost. I said, well, how you get lost? He said, I don't know. And uh, he said, um, I think something is going on. I said, well, what, you, what is going on? At the time, I thought maybe, okay, he maybe just be uh, hallucinating a little bit or something, or it might be in his mind or something. Reports of erratic behavior on the night that Rodney died suggest that he may have been taking other illegal drugs, and I think I found the culprit. On Sunday, June 17, 2012, the announcement is made of the death of Rodney King. He's found drowned in his backyard pool. Several of Rodney's family question why his fiancée, Cynthia, did not get in the water to pull him out. But being a non-swimmer, all she felt she could do was call for help. Oh, my God! He's at the bottom of the swimming pool! Are you able to go in the pool and get him? No, I can't! I can't. But if I was there, my brother wouldn't have laid in that pool and drowned. The autopsy concludes accidental death by drowning but I have found further clues that may reveal the truth behind his death. We know that Rodney has an undiagnosed heart condition called cardiomegaly. It's possible he had a heart attack on the poolside or simply blacked out and then fell into the water and drowned. But Dr. Hunter believes there may be an alternative explanation. One that has nothing to do with King's heart. It's possible that King may have stumbled into the pool and been unable to rescue himself. And now I know why. I'll grab you by the scruff of the neck. It's all right. King's friend Derek told the police that on the night Rodney died, he was behaving highly erratically. Erratic behavior could be down to the marijuana King was smoking, causing paranoia. But I'm seeing evidence of other drugs that likely are leading to a state of delirium. One of the drugs listed in his tox screen is called fencyclidine. This is more commonly known as angel dust or PCP. In the brain, PCP disrupts the function of many of the different neurotransmitter systems. 
It was originally developed in the 1950s as an anesthetic, but it has many unwanted side effects. PCP is known as a dissociative drug. This means it causes users to feel detached from their surroundings. There is also slurred speech, loss of coordination, and staggering, plus delusions and hallucinations. Back in 1991, the police officers that beat Rodney suspected he was on PCP due to his erratic behavior. But at the time, King was clean, just drunk. Ten years later, in September 2001, King was arrested for indecent exposure in Ganesha Park, Pomona, California. Uh, uh, ah, look at me! He was found to be under the influence of PCP. When Rodney King did PCP, angel dust, he was uh, not responsible for what happened afterwards or felt he wasn't responsible. PCP is a drug that King later said got its hooks into him. It completely screws up the way you behave. And he would find out about things he had done, hitting his girlfriend or behaving uh, lewd in public and just be amazed. It was like hearing the news that happened to another person. On the night King died, I believe that PCP resulted in a state of delirium. Along with the alcohol and marijuana, King may have fallen into the pool or just jumped in. But once in the pool, it's possible that the PCP-induced delirium meant he just didn't know he had to get out. Unable to save himself, Rodney King stopped breathing and drowned. Rodney's funeral was held in the Hall of Liberty at the Forest Lawn Memorial Park, Hollywood Hills. We're here in memory of Brother Rodney King. He was a kind-hearted person. He was a good-hearted person. Um, he wanted the best for everyone. I miss that guy. I just want to thank you, Dad. Like, I'm proud. I don't care what the media said about you. I don't care what anybody said. I'm proud. He had every reason to blame everyone else but himself, took it upon himself to take some of that responsibility and point it in a positive direction. He was the one that turned the tide and tried to call the country to a better place. I couldn't thank him for a better family. <laughs> thank you, Dad. I love you. If Rodney was here today, his words would still be, can we all just get along? I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. 